listening to Heart of the Ark podcast from the Office for Evangelization in the Archdiocese of Newark. We're coming to you to bring knowledge and some courage as we voyage through this life as missionary disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ. My name is Jennifer Benke, and I'm co-hosting this podcast with my friend and colleague, Father John Gordon. Hello and welcome to The Heart of the Ark, the podcast from the Office for Evangelization here at the Archdiocese of Newark. This is a special edition conversation dialogue, uh, actually a monologue about conversation and dialogue with your host, Jennifer Benke. So why am I doing a monologue? Who am I? In a world of influencers, in a world of marketing professionals and estheticians and all these personalities, who am I? And I wanted to talk about evangelization in an intimate way. You know, a lot of times we think of evangelization as a street corner evangelist, somebody with a bullhorn or a pamphlet in the hallway uh, at 42nd Street when you're trying to get from the one train over to the ACE um, and make your connection in time. Sometimes we think about evangelists as talking heads on our favorite YouTube channel, or we talk about, or we see them on EWTN, or we hear them on relevant radio. And that these are all different ways in which the church is called to evangelize. We also think about evangelists at our parishes. We think about the ways um, the priest uses a sermon or the way a culture evangelizes. And Father John also does a lot to promote the uh, culture of evangelization here in the Archdiocese. And that's really our mission at the Office for Evangelization. Coming up on two years since I've started working here at the Archdiocese of Newark, I just want to bring you a couple of my insights of doing the work when I feel relatively inadequate every day for it. So the first thing I want to talk to you about is the ability to understand and walk alongside one another, even when we don't agree on things. That is something that every single human encounters in their daily life. And if you're not encountering it, if you're only choosing to interact with people who completely agree with you 100% all the time on every topic, then I invite you to consider whether or not you're having healthy relationships or whether or not there are people that you have left along the way. This is especially important as we think about the ways in which our our uh, friendships and our families have been fractured, either due to moving away or only inter being able to interact through uh, social media in, in sort of a personal but not in any way intimate friendships over the past three years, especially through the pandemic and the ways in which we have been convinced to think people who think like us are all right and people who think like other people are all wrong. And these last three conversations are really centered on the ability to look within. We always look for the places where we overlap with understanding. We have to be multifaceted people. And that's really difficult to do because it would be so much easier if I could just get, 
you know, stand up and give everybody a one size fits all. This is how you evangelize this specific person in your life. After recently accompanying Father John to one of our parishes in the archdiocese and really It was my first time doing it, but post-COVID, doing parish evenings where we talk about and we present the idea of evangelization, how how we will accompany your parish to do the work if you don't have a team doing it already, and how to best fit into the communities where the, the parish is active. We trust you to know your people, but you have to know your people. So there's no way for me to tell XYZ Parish that this program or this set of decisions or this is going to be the end-all, be-all evangelization tool for, to bring in the masses to every parish um, so that your Sunday mass is the mass of the community. We have to get to know you and you have to be willing to get to know who's who's there and who's not. And so in thinking about this, in having the conversations with Eric and Melissa and Richard, we have to think about our own responsibility for asking who's there and who's not. And when we ask those questions, we're brought back right to where we are as the universal church in this synodal process. Who are we? Who do we have in in the church? Who are we missing in the body of Christ? Who's not coming back? Who's, who's never was invited? Who's been left by the wayside? And how are we going to build up the body of Christ so it is a complete picture of humanity? And that is really something that I feel very passionate about. I know others, obviously, our Cardinal, Cardinal Tobin is incredibly passionate about. We, he's over in Rome now for the Synod of Bishops, and he's been pushing the work of the synod, synodal process here in Newark um, in, a, in a big way, in a, in a way that has touched every one of our parishes. And I'm hoping that it's starting to trickle down to the people in the pews. And they're starting to understand. And the people who are listening to this podcast, God help you. If you're still listening, thank you. I'm doing this work because it's the only pulpit I have for spreading the gospel message. And I think that all of us as the Church of Newark have to think that we and realize that by our baptism, Father John has said this before, by our baptism, we are baptized into the work of evangelization which is bringing others to know Christ. And that only you are only strengthened in that if you deepen your own faith. So that's a journey, a personal process of a journey of how that's going to go for you. But you're also only going to be strengthened in it if we're, if we're regularly connected to the church in, in the celebration of the sacraments, so if we're regularly going to confession, just so that you can understand that I was, when I say I was away from the sacrament of reconciliation for a decade and a half, you understand I'm not lying in that. And I was away from the Eucharist for a while because I didn't understand the depths of God's mercy. And the bringing, the coming back to the church 
and the reversion in me is something that I will um, refer to. But if you're going to ask me about it, I'm not going to tell you unless I trust you and you and there's no point in me telling it unless you trust me. I can only witness to you what I've seen and how I know Christ if I trust you enough to share that part, that vulnerable piece of me. You will only trust what I have to say that it's believable so much as you trust me, you know, because we share some sort of intimacy. So this brings me back to what is this? Conversation is conversion. It's not a monologue. It's not a talking head. It's not an influencer. It's the conversation that you have with the people around you. It's the questions you ask that lead them to think about their lives more deeply. It's the things they say that are not technically correct that you let go because the relationship with them is more important and the ability to help them grow on their path towards Jesus is more important than being right in the moment. And Father John has said this on this on this podcast, the truth will set you th- free. And if the truth spoken at a given moment does not set someone free, if it makes them feel worse or if it makes them feel deeper in shame or it doesn't lead them to the fullness of joy in the gospel, then it's not the truth for that moment. It's not the truth, the big T, is ever movable. It's that there's a time and a place, right, in Ecclesiastes. We all know the, the there is a time for everything. and We all know it because it's a Beatles song, right? Before it was a Beatles song, it was a scriptural reference. And the rest of the cr- scriptural reference, the part that we don't usually hear in the Beatles song, is that at the end, Ecclesiastes 3, verse 11, he has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I just want us to sit with that again. I'm going to read it again. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. This is a really important writing for us to ponder. It got left out of the Beatles song, but it's right there in the book of Ecclesiastes. When we're having a conversation with someone and they're opening up to us on whatever, maybe it's about sports, maybe it's nerding out on a movie, maybe it's uh, a a video game that they like to play and, and, and you don't really understand, but you care about them. I have two teenagers in my house. I know more about video games than I ever want to. Maybe it's like other members of my family who have very engineering minded brains. They're talking about circuits one minute and then all of a sudden they're talking about AI and then all of a sudden it's a spiritual matter within the process of me getting up from the dining room table, going to pour a glass of lemonade and coming back to the dining room table. They've gone from a semiconductor to the, you know, universal questions of our faith. Maybe it's 
the way I speak with the friends friends of mine, which is kind of a nerd, a music theory nerd. So when you have to slog through the first 10 minutes of the conversation between me and Eric Hunter, and you're wondering why are they presenting the mechanics of composition as an evangelization podcast, I am not going to write a piece of music. Maybe the person in front of you is a guitar teacher of one or a piano teacher of one of your kids, or maybe you're meeting at a choir rehearsal for picking up your kids, or maybe you're at a band, maybe you're working at a marching band festival and feed, and dragging a grill from your backyard um, to because somebody else didn't bring enough grills and you've got a fifteen hundred hot dogs to make in the next six hours. That was my last weekend. So you don't, I don't know what you know. You know how you're best going to evangelize the person in front of you. I can't give you the one size fits all. I can only make you aware of conversations that I think are important to be uh, mindful of so that when you do see an opening in a conversation, you can walk through the door and accompany the person in, in that space to consider deeper questions of faith. I work at the Archdiocese of Newark. We think about Jesus a lot. We think about Jesus almost constantly, all day long. Every single person in this building, I know, because I, when I first got here, I didn't like how my office was set up, and I walked around and looked in every single office to see if I was going to be the weird one um, moving my desk around, which I am, but that's okay. But I... Uh, almost every single person in in every single office, in every single room in this building has a crucifix in every room. We think about Jesus. We walk, we, we walk with Jesus. We all work to serve the church and build up the Church of Newark. So my day-to-day conversations, I recognize in this building, are not like your day-to-day conversations at your workplace. But my evening hours are, and... Every single person in this building volunteers at a bake sale or does helps with with the soccer practice or is is going, you know, to do this, that and the other thing for their niece or their cousin or their son or their daughter or their grandkids. So every conversation that we have, we know that we we are practicing during the day, having the conversations that we need to have at night. And in that way, I feel very fortunate to work here because we can think about Jesus all day long and then I can go out and try to do his work. I'm not a perfect person in the slightest, but I need I need to be reminded seven days a week that I need to be with Jesus and I need to be doing his work. Maybe in that way, those of you who are interested in evangelization and are out in the working world, not in this building are a lot better evangelizers than I am. And I need you to know that. And I need you to feel strengthened in that. Because these tiny little conversations when I hear a mom who I respect and think her kid's great and comes back up to me and says, hey, I listened to your podcast and now I understand what discernment is. And I, she doesn't even know that I just had a conversation before she walked in the door with another person who she knows who shared something deeply personal with me. And I say, okay, the lady who just walked past, could you pray for her for discernment? That's all I need you to do. 
You don't need to know. I am not sharing her personal life. I'm not sharing this, that, or the other thing. But I know that now that you understand discernment and you thanked me for for our little conversation three episodes ago, now I need you to go put it into work for this for your next for the next lady down the pew. That's not that's just us being angels to each other. That's us being good evangelizers to each other. That's us doing the work of Christ when we don't even know. There's a very smart priest in this archdiocese. I won't mention his name here um, because he's out of the country right now doing missionary work. But I am going to say that he says that the greatest thing we can do is pray for people, whether they're living or they're dead. The greatest thing we can do for people. We don't know what our prayers do, and that's okay. There's no influencer. You know, there's no there's no almighty checkbox. Well, actually, there is an almighty checkbox because Jesus knows God knows everything that's written in our hearts. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. God doesn't judge the way we judge. God sees what's in our hearts. He sees who we pray for. And we're not doing it to make ourselves greater or have more clicks on our website or have more listens and downloads on our podcast. Although I'd love, I'd love it if we did because it make it easier to justify the amount of time that I put into this podcast here. What I really want you to be aware of is that you don't know the gravity of when you have a conversation with someone and you open up and are vulnerable with them, how much work it does in them as well. I'm really privileged to have conversations almost daily that change who I am. And that's okay. I like being changed. As you'll hear in my conversation with Eric, I'm, I'm come from an artist background. And we have this uh, way in which we have to be changed by the world around us. We have to consider things that don't always fit in our favorites category. We have to consider viewpoints and perspectives and ways of interpretation that are not how we would be feel comfortable with them because there can always be a way to learn from from everything. And if we're not open to those things, if we're again, if we're, like I said at the beginning, if you're having conversations and everybody around you just answers you 100% that they completely agree with you, I think that there might be something that you need to look into to decide whether or not you're surrounding yourself by people who really care about you. Because the truth is hard. Truth with a big T and sometimes truth with a little T. It's hard and it doesn't feel comfortable and it's not always easy to take. I hope that this conversation, well, this one-sided dialogue that I'm giving you right now gives you the strength to overcome the fear to connect with the people who care about you and who are going to hold you to a greater account and who are also going to challenge your viewpoints now and then. I don't think it's being contrary. I think it's being open-minded, as I say with Eric, open-hearted, as I say with Melissa, self-reflective. We have to remember that there are things and forms that God has created, that stand outside of time. The truth, the beauty, and the good, they are the universal, they are absolute. They stand outside of time. 
and we're called to a journey towards using those gifts in order to gain a closer relationship with Christ. And whichever one better serves your soul. Some people find their depth of faith being inspired by service, right? By goodness. Some people find it by beauty in artwork or poetry or music or, you know, absolute beauty. And that's the way, that's my language. That's what I speak. So that's why I present a conversation with Eric Hunter and with Richard Clark. And Eric Hunter and I can speak about beauty, but you may recognize that I don't correct him on the ways in which I don't think his... um, outlook is a christian focused that's that's not the relationship we have but maybe it'll maybe my conversation with him opens him up to considering things a little deeper hey he read pope francis's letter to artists that's pretty good i think probably 99 percent of catholics didn't read it so i think that the ways in which we can bring people are a slower process, and that's okay. That's okay. We're not on a time clock. We're not doing it for clickbait. We're trying to bring people to Christ because it's the right thing to do, not because we need to keep our own score or keep someone else's score. God knows everything. We just have to trust Him. He's made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. That's all I have to say. I'm going to follow this up by posting the conversation I had with Eric Hunter. And again, the first five to ten minutes is a little bit heavy on the music theory, heavy on the mechanics of composition on a subway in between trips back and forth to work. But I think that some of the things he says, especially about being open to challenging your perspective. I think some of the things he says about not knowing where, how all the pieces are going to fit or what the puzzle looks like before you start constructing it. I think these are important things we need to consider when we're considering our spiritual lives as well. Thank you so much. From the Office for Evangelization, this is Heart of the Ark, special edition, Jen Rambles. No, I should call it something else. Um, A monologue about dialogue. That sounds good. Heart of the Ark podcast is an initiative by the Office for Evangelization at the Archdiocese of Newark. If you want to find us online, you can find us at rcan.org slash evangelization. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Very soon, we'll be updating our social media for the Heart of the Ark, but you can find us on Fireside Podcasts at Heart of the Ark dot fireside
anchor.fm. Our theme song is composed by and orchestrated by Eric Hunter, a dear friend of mine. You can find out more about Eric and his performances and compositions at Eric, E-R-I-C, Hunter, H-U-N-T-E-R, music.com. This has been a pleasure, and I look forward to hearing from you and speaking with you in the future.